I'll finish putting these on the table. You go ahead and check the bread, okay? All right. Oh, hi. You're early. Oh, that's good, though. I'm glad. I, I, I'll appreciate the company. The truth is, I'm a little anxious today. It'll help me to have someone to talk to. I, uh, well, been looking forward to this meal for a long time. You know how it is with holiday meals. Um, you get everybody together who haven't been together for a while, and, well, you know, there is all that politeness. You know how it is. You know, there are those who, who want to sit there and, uh, and make sure they don't say anything to upset anybody. And then there are those who want to make sure they say something to upset everybody. And, uh, you know, it's a more drama than Broadway, at least. I don't know. Maybe it's just my house. Anyway. I'm glad you're here, though, because it's, it's a big day. We've been excited to get everybody together, and the truth is, it's been a long time since we've had everybody together, particularly around this table. This is, this is my oak table. I get to say that because I own it now, but it was my grandmother's before me, and I don't know before that. I don't remember a day in my life where this oak table wasn't part of my life. I, we used to go and see Grandma Cranz every weekend. She lived in Flint on 10th Avenue, and we'd go in on Saturday or on Sunday. Of course, there was always a meal. There was always a meal at Grandma's house, right? And uh, I remember, well, truth is I don't remember because the first meal I sat at that table was in a high chair. Not as fancy as that one, but... There I would sit, and over the years I learned to sit in the table, and I'd be included in the conversation. Most of the time I would just listen, but that was okay. I remember a lot of meals at that table. Back then I remember Grandma being there, and Uncle Fred, and Aunt Beulah, and Uncle Lloyd, Mom and Dad, of course, Jim, me. That table was Grandma's since she was a young woman, like I said, but... (laughs) She always kept it, and right before she was in her late 80s, she took time to strip this table and refinish it with the stain that's on it now. Just a couple years before she died, she did all that work. And then she left it to me. She left me the table. I was in 1968, and of course I was just in high school, so I couldn't take it. So we went ahead and we stored it in the attic at Mom and Dad's house. And then I went off to college and then grad school and came back to Michigan eventually. And when we moved into Onstead, we got the table out of the attic. It's funny to think about a table waiting for someone to sit at it. Sort of lonely to think about that, isn't it? But we got it out and we set it up and it's been in our house ever since. And it's continued to have life to it. First, it was just the two of us, and then eventually the kids came along. It's funny how who's sitting around a table can make it seem so different. Sometimes if you're sitting at a table by yourself, you just feel so lonely, and sometimes you're glad for the peace. (laughs) And then the kids come along, and you laugh at when they fall asleep and fall into their food. And they say those words, and then you get frustrated and exasperated when they spill food on the floor. Or whatever. Moods change quick at a table. 
For almost a hundred years, this table has been in my family. And every mark on every nook, every scratch, is a story. I love this table. And our table, as I think about it over the years at times, has been cluttered. Yours? I don't mean cluttered with things like mail and papers and stuff just dumped on it, although that's certainly true. No, I'm thinking about the times that my table has been cluttered with all kinds of things that got in the way of relationships across the table. All those times when there would be misunderstandings and then hurt feelings and then anger and then silence. Oh, the silence. There's no greater silence than when there are people gathered around the table not talking. Sometimes we didn't handle those moments very well. Sometimes we place expectations on the people seated around us, and then when they didn't measure up, we judge them. We sometimes let that judgment spill over to resentment. And the walls were high, and You know, and sometimes it was just the small stuff. Maybe that's because it's the only thing we could really talk about without getting into the real stuff. But the, sometimes the small stuff would spill over into, well, you know. If I could go back and tell myself as a young parent, stop worrying about the small stuff. What I've learned is that most kids, of course, most kids, given enough love and a little direction and a safe home, will figure it out. And even the stuff they don't figure out will become a lesson itself. God, I worried about too much back then. And those expectations sometimes led to judgments. And that shut everything down. I wish I had spent more time listening. Less time just not listening. Maybe we would have hurt each other. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't have been so concerned to make sure that we put the kids into everything because we wanted the kids to, to be happy. We wanted them to fit in. God, we worried about them fitting in. So we put them in show choir and we put them in soccer. And God, we worried about them being so good at kicking a ball. And now in their 30s, I wonder if maybe we would have done better listening to them more and maybe just understanding what they really wanted. Maybe, maybe just that they wanted us. And maybe, no, I wish I'd spent more time letting them know Jesus. Oh, they learned church. God knows I taught them church. (laughs) 
but I don't know that I gave him Jesus enough. We did so many other important things, but now today, they don't seem that important. Judgment. And my table never went well, it never does. I guess that's why Jesus told us not to judge. Right? I mean, right at the very beginning, right? He started his ministry. He hadn't been with him more than a couple of days. He said, Yox, don't judge. I think he knew we wouldn't do it well. We would do it with bias. And our judgment very rarely ever led to grace. He knows that. I guess he knew that we would never judge others well because we'd always want them to be a little like us. He knew that the way we judge would always get in the way of healthy relationships and healthy families. Oh, and holy conversations, you got to be willing to disagree. God knows that's fine, no problem there. But, and be honest about the truth, even if it's uncomfortable. Yes, even that. And it's sometimes hard, but judgment just shuts that down. I wish I would have known that sooner. <laughs> And then just as soon as I start feeling guilty about that, I realize I wish I would have known that I didn't need to feel so guilty. I always wonder why God gave us guilt. Never made much sense to me, really. I suppose maybe guilt is that kind of flashing warning sign, hey, something's going on, you shouldn't be doing, so maybe you need to reflect. Yeah, maybe that, but that's not what I see most of us doing with guilt. Most of us begin to feel it, and then we put it on like a robe. We wrap ourselves into it as if somehow it's supposed to define us, as if somehow we're supposed to walk around always feeling guilty, as if somehow we ought to be able to come to a table making sure we measure out a certain amount of guilt to the people sitting around us or feel guilty as we come to it ourselves. And sometimes I know that has kept people away from the table. I don't think God ever wanted us to use guilt as a form of manipulation. I don't think, I know, God never wanted us to have a relationship built on guilt. Oh, it's not that people don't make mistakes and ought to be held accountable to them. Of course we should be held accountable. We should have to bear for the consequences of our actions. I get that. But to say we're found guilty? Guilt is freezing ourselves and others and locking us into a time and place never to set us free. Guilt is saying we'll be judged or judge others by their worst moments. And who wants that? Who deserves that? I told you that guilt has kept people from this table, and it has people that I love, sometimes me, people who God loves, people who actually believe that somehow their guilt was bigger than God's love. As I think about it, of course, there isn't anybody around this table who is mistake-free. Shoot. Grandma and Grandpa made mistakes with my mom and dad. And mom and dad made mistakes with me, and I've made mistakes with them. And 
We made mistakes with our kids, certainly. And now they've got grandkids and they make mistakes with their kids. The only ones I really see perfect in that entire scenario, of course, are the grandchildren. They're perfect. <laughs> Makes me wonder how this table would have been different over the years if I could have just taken guilt off the menu. Maybe we would have listened to each other more. Maybe we would have shown up at the table more. Maybe we would have laughed more. Maybe we would have cried more. Or maybe we would have just discovered that this table is a launch of something even bigger than the table. That's what it was for them. They'd been together in all kinds of places and eaten at all kinds of different tables. And on that one day, he said, hey, why don't you guys go set the table? Where, Lord? Well, there's an upper room. Okay. So they went and they set the table. They made the preparations. And even though it was a strange room and a strange table, all the common plates and the food that... It made it somehow feel like home, but what really made it feel like home was when they all got there and they gathered around this table. It was just them. That's all it needed to be. And they sat there and they began to eat in the way in which they had done, oh, geez, how many times before? And Jesus was the only one who understood, the only one who really knew what was going on. How many different places were they in at that table? There were those who were all excited because they were pretty sure Jesus was going to be celebrated. He was going to be raised up. And of course, if he got raised up, well, that would fall on them too. So they were really happy about that. And then there were those who were already disillusioned, angry, upset. They were already planning on leaving him, turning away, and even more than that. And Jesus knew that too. They even had a moment at the table where that sort of got spilled out. But he didn't kick him out. He didn't kick Judas out. He didn't kick anybody out. He just said, let's eat. So he sat there with everybody, knowing where everybody was, knowing how clueless they were. And all he did was give them love and grace. All he did was break bread and give him his life, his heart, his body and blood. And he did so knowing what was going to happen. And he gave them that meal so they would remember. But even more than that, so that later, after all the hard stuff that they had to go through was done, they would come back to a table and be renewed more than reminded, filled up with grace, washed clean of judgment and guilt. He took the clutter <laughs> off of their lives. That's what he does with us today all around the world, all around everywhere, all around everywhere. People are gathering together around a table, and they all look different. They're not like this table, but they're tables because as long as there's a bread and a cup and people and Jesus, 
It's holy. It's amazing. It's wonderful. That's why I'm excited. Today I get to come to this meal with a bunch of very special people who I love very much. I've been anxious. I've been sitting, preparing this table for some time. Oh, the new ones will be here. They always make it special and fun and chaotic. The youth will be here and we'll make them put their screens down. It'll be okay. All of us who are in the middle will talk about the difficulty of the kids and the parents. And all the old people will remember and will be glad they do. They even have a place at the table for my mom. And for all those like you who have gone on before me, because today I eat with her again. We eat with all of them. That's what he said. And there's always a chair set at the table for the one we don't know that's coming, for the one who might stumble in, for the one who doesn't have a place to eat, and maybe they'll know enough to come here. That's why I'm so excited because there's a place for all of us at this table. You too, me, all of us everywhere are welcome to join at this table and be filled with grace. And today, in this moment, in this place, we're gonna come around and you know what? Whatever we wanna dump on the table is okay because you're gonna walk away with nothing but grace. Because you're loved. I'm loved. We're all loved at this table. Oh, they're here. <laughs> Good. Um, listen, I got to go and let him in, and uh, we'll be ready in just a second. Um, uh, I really appreciate you being here. I, I needed someone to talk to, but I'm ready now. And uh, geez, I'd love it if you'd stay. It wouldn't be the same without you. So eat with us. I'll be back. Coming.